everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another new episode of Hashtag Millennials. I'm Daryl. I'm Arise. We have a special new special episode for you today. We're interviewing uh, accountant turned actor Chris Paul Morales. But hello, before we hello. get into that, <laughs> I want to say, how are you, Arise? Yeah. That's great. But anyway. <laughs> Wait, how how is he though? <laughs> no, trust me, he does that joke every time. It gets progressively worse, but it's also because like we filmed like maybe three episodes today, so we're pretty much dead inside. But you know, we're we're going to do this. But I'm particularly interested about today's episode. I must say, you know, hearing somebody who went to two vastly different professions, and you know, you know, what are your motivations and so forth. But this is Daryl's way way longtime friend. Tell us tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we knew each other from high school. We we also lived in around the same neighborhood of Queens, New York, and then from there, I think what also bonded us is because we were the few Filipinos in our high school that didn't want to go into nursing. So already there was like we have a connection. We are best friends for <laughs> that's life. It, that's all it takes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Are you Filipino? Do you want to be a nurse? No, we're friends now. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and then we basically talk to each other once every seven years. And yeah, there, okay. there you go. Friendship for life. Like a solar eclipse or something. Yeah. Did you go to Lourdes too? What is that? Oh, never mind. Okay. Because I did think we lived in the same neighborhood. I lived... Okay, so I lived in like Fresh Meadows, which is really close by uh, I know, our I high school. I don't want to like name it out because you know I'm afraid those nuns will sue us or me. You know I've been I've been bad at Catholic lately, so oh. which is a funny story that I will not say right now. So yes, Chris, <laughs> what was your question? Uh, no, I was just wondering if you went to Lords, but I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so touching. You know, <laughs> children besties and all that, really adorable, but. It's fascinating that anybody still keeps contact with you after that. But I also am still your friend, so I can't say too much. So I mean, we could end this friendship right here. <laughs> Replace. Wow. Chris, could. I am so sorry for bringing you the mess of this, but this is just how we are. Anybody who's listening to our previous podcast, this is what it, your fr- this is the first time also our, our viewers get to see us like face to face in the flash. Yes. For those who are listening, you don't know, obviously, but this is getting video recorded. And we're a little excited about that here at hashtag millennials. Yeah. And then on top of that, I just want to say like I'm usually not this heavy. Cameras add weight. <laughs> <laughs> Camera adds ten pounds. More like 35. Well, but with like, the new technology, camera adds 45 pounds. Everyone knows that. Yeah, exactly. I, Didn't teach me I that in computer science. I am much skinnier school, than though. this, you guys. <laughs> but, okay, after high school, you guys clearly split. Not not like relationship split. Like, split like different life paths, you know. I thought that was funny. Nobody laughed. Get it together, all right, bud. <laughs> but, uh, it's just because it was it was prefacing more sentence, so I didn't want to laugh in the middle of more sentence. <laughs> ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's always okay to laugh at, at Arise. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And after high school, you went off to college mm-hmm. where you became a, what did you become? I'm an engineer. That's, 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 that's right. the story. That's what we're going with. No, I'm <laughs> in six-figure debt. The dream. <laughs> Whoa. The American dream. And what did you do, Chris? Oh, wait. What what I do after high school? Yeah, after yeah. high school. Uh, I did the normal things that an American kid would do i went to college as well um i got a degree in accounting and economics um mm. that was that was a fun time and hmm. what do you think tickled you about those nothing nothing <laughs> at all because um, <laughs> he wasn't tickled <laughs> like i was just um i don't know it was one of those things that you graduate from high school and then you go to college and everyone was like what do you want to do but none of these like careers really vibed with me to be honest um i think i did no i know this i did accounting because both my parents were accountants oh, okay. um, so That's they were and you know they were always like well what are you gonna do what are you gonna do we should choose soon or something and i was just like man if i don't get into the navy i'm just gonna do like accounting or oh no 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 it was the other way around i was like if i don't get into college i'm gonna go to the navy navy. honestly you should have done the navy listen i have some friends who did that route and one day travel the world and then once they're done they get college for free and housing stipends and da 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 maybe 
we always need accountants too. Like tax, <laughs> of course, listen, yes. tax season. Like I just did my taxes. I am so confused. Right. I mean, and on that, on top of that, it's like my accountant. I mean, God bless his soul, but he looks like he's about to die. So I just like the meeting. Need to find fine. a new accountant. You know. So like, how does that work? Like, is there like an American Idol for accountants going uh, on for like I could try? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that's how it works. I don't really think you audition <laughs> your accountants. There's like, they're just there. And if that they don't do anything mystical, because here's no. the thing like, when mm. I all right, so I did the accounting thing and I got uh, uh, the then one class I took was taxation, and then I was like, oh wow, there's a lot of money that exists for everybody if you just know how to ask for it the right way. And then when I actually did a year as a tax preparer, it blew my mind to see how many people really didn't understand how taxes work, and I mean, like, adult adults, like you know, middle-aged, you know, 35 and up that were still coming in, like, why does my friend get more money than me? And I'm like, well, I don't, do you guys work the same job and have the same amount of kids? Like, why do you think you should get the same money? Like, you know, <laughs> and then I re it hit me, people really don't know how it works. So they just go to their accountant and they're like, just he do got, it. He got me a lot of money. And it's like, <laughs> That's not how that works. It's like he got you money that you're entitled to. Exactly. Like people because, are like, <laughs> like, you know, they're like, oh, I got this massive tax return. It's like, that was your money. That was that yours already <laughs> at some point. Like, you know, and and then so I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't want to get into government conspiracies, but <laughs> I, I think taxation should be a gen ed class. If there's anything I can campaign mm. for, it's that. I like that. Um, yeah, that's I, a really good point. I really think it should be like I was taking that. I was like, I'd shouldn't have to be an accounting major to take this i think everyone should take this class because it's ridiculous like your money is there and if you and the other powers are counting on you not asking for it so oh. so oh, uh, the I fbi see. might be knocking on your door after this podcast okay <laughs> listening right now I, you know i always had this thing that um if I was ever doing like an interview on a TV show and I would I, I always said that I would preface all my interviews with, by the way, if I disappear the next day, you know why. <laughs> so maybe I should start that now. By the way, if I disappear tomorrow, you know why. We will. I personally will call not the president. Whoever, whoever else is in power, maybe Olivia Pope. <laughs> but AOC, I, AOC, but my I girl. Have a question. So when did um, the accounting thing start flickering off officially because you did go to college and mm. you were doing the four years. Like, was it that taxation class? Like, when did you start like feeling it wasn't really for you? Yeah, I think I always knew. I think I always knew mm. that it wasn't really for me. But I, um, in the middle of college, I was still like kind of sold on like okay well i don't know Fili being filipino american mm -hmm. their whole thing is like go to school have a, get a job and start a family that's like that's like all you're supposed to do in life yeah. so like i was like okay and i had a girlfriend that i was pretty serious about back then so i think i thought that's what i was doing i was just like okay well this is my job and you know maybe we'll get married i wasn't really thinking about us getting married but it, it was just made sense yeah, it was kind of like along the lines of what was happening. But then we ended up breaking up and then uh it sparked a change in it. Like, it did. You know. It was it was between a lot it was between a lot of stuff. Like one, I broke up with her and then I all of a sudden had all this free time. <laughs> I was like, oh cool. Um mm -hmm. and then two, it was just like I had like an accounting internship that I was doing. And it had this weird novelty of like, oh, I'm an adult. But the novelty really lasted for like two weeks. I think after two weeks, I was like, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, you know, um, was it like the desk aspect or like the whole nine to five kind of thing? Because I feel like people yeah. like they're like, yeah, I could do it. But then when they actually sit down and yeah. just like, this is my life now. Yeah, that, that, that was exactly you, right? what hit me. I mean, I don't know. There's people that like it. Right. But. And I'm not knocking it. I feel like just because I'm an artist, people are like, oh, you hate nine to fives. And, well, actually, no one's ever said that to me, but I just feel like they think it. <laughs> but that's not the case. My thing is, you know, if you're doing something you don't want to do, I believe you have the power to change it. A lot of people will argue me, well, there's a bunch of these things. Okay, whatever. That's up to you. But I think you can do what you want to do. And that's that's what I advocate for a lot. So if it's your dream to like be an accountant or be a gender or be whatever, I say do it. Just don't do a job and then at the end of the week be like, God, I really hate my job. I'm like, well, then why are you still doing it? 
<laughs> like you know, mm-hmm. I I get it. The more you invest time in a thing, it you know, it's just you get more and more married to it, but you can change it and potentially be a lot happier. Yeah, just like, like you know, any, you know, dead in marriage and folks and talking to you. If you, just you can get out. Get out. Get out. Just like, it's yeah. not just a great Jordan Peele movie. Get <laughs> out. It is a way of life. Yeah. So, but, uh, you, so well, okay. he, he touched on yeah. the fact that he you were an artist mm. and that was your next change in life. And yeah. I want to know, like, what tickled that? Actually, I do have a little question before that. Okay. was like, did you actually pursue some of your creative side while in college yeah, yeah. on top of like oh, the accounting like yeah studying? how did you get absolutely started? yeah oh uh, well yeah that started way right before i started high school um i wanted to well i was i was really into music so i was playing in bands all throughout high oh, school yeah. and everything he goes oh yeah <laughs> we were um, in the same band too like that's also really is that yeah. a band we i was a percussion up. ensembleist all right okay I was oh, yeah. really terrible, but I tried my best. <laughs> Mr. T, right. calling oh, out for you. Uh, what, yeah. did you what did you play? So I, well, you know, growing up, I learned how to play piano classically, as all Asian American kids do. Um, and then, uh, so I did that, but then right and in the eighth karaoke grade. Karaoke, too. Karaoke, Remember, yeah. We're, we're natural born singers. Yeah. I'm the 1% that doesn't know how to sing, but like he's the 99%. I don't know. Like, what, what is your talent? Like, what, <laughs> what, what can you do? <laughs> I know I could eat. <laughs> like, that is that's for yeah, sure. Th- those, are the, those are the national sports of the Philippines. It's karaoke oh, and eating. That's yeah, really it. And, and then yeah. running my mouth. That's yeah. also a really good skill. <laughs> that's true. I never thought about that, yeah. but he's right. But, Pianist. Very uh, nice. So I started with piano. Then in the eighth grade, I started doing guitar. Then we start playing in bands. You take turns playing each other's instruments. So that includes bass guitar, drums, and stuff like that. Uh, and then you just start doing all of that stuff. You're like just really creative. Like you have all like you're musically gifted. You're like uh you're a great actor. Like because I've heard that like you had some songs like through your like IMDb. Mm-hmm. I maybe for right. I'm going a little too like ahead of it, but like yeah. So all all around, you're just like a very creative, artistic person. I think it. I think it just goes naturally i think mm-hmm. once you do one sort of art i think i always think of art being like fluid like if you're just one type of artist or i i feel like if you look into any type of artist you'll you'll find that they dabble in yes. all of them like you know? i mean i'm do i see a lot of my instagram and the bios normally like actor slash slinger mm-hmm. slash, and it, it's a common theme slash waitress yeah. <laughs> that, that does, that's how it that goes does waitress, waitress takes a lot of creativity uh, <laughs> i don't actually know i've never i've never done it <laughs> oh, okay okay But so you did all these array of things, but Mm -hmm. then you just dropped it at college? No, I uh, no, I didn't. I I continued to do it. I was still playing in bands and stuff. Uh, I didn't really have any music guidance, I would say. Like I didn't have any like mentors musically, so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, You know, I think I was still doing the whole, oh, I'm going to play music and someone's going to find us and someone's going to like, you know, whatever. Um, that's not the case for any type of art, BTW. But um, <laughs> no one just finds you and is like, you're going to be amazing now. No. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think I was going on that. So, of course, nothing was happening because I wasn't really, well, we, because I was in a band and I also had a solo project. We weren't all, we're not doing the things to advance us or anything. Gotcha. Um, so I was doing it all the way through college. Um, I graduated college, worked in accounting so for a little like, bit. So were you literally an accountant by day and a rock star by night? I'm, I don't remember if I did that. Oh, okay. I don't remember. So I I was... Hmm. No, I think I did... Oh, yeah. I did. Okay, so I did this trial period, I guess, where my mom was like, well, you know, why don't you go to work? And then when you come home, you can work on your music and whatever. And I was like, you know how tired I am after work? <laughs> I mean, if you can do it, do it. Like I'm, like my other friend, she has her own production company, and she's in med school, and she's she's rocking wow. it, you know. But we would love that too. But, I would love to have her. But yeah. here's the difference: is she wants to be in med school. That's why she has the energy to do it. Like okay. you know what I mean? I got it's, you. it's it's different. Like if you are just. I think your job is ten times more draining if you don't want to be doing it. Oh, I can. Oh, that's a, that's that. actually a really good point so, that you put out there. Yeah, like. Does my mom's plan work out? Yeah, if I loved accounting. If I was like at a point where I was like, oh, I can't give up accounting. I love it. Like, you know, (laughs) then no one ever. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Then probably, then probably Uh, I would go, you know, do accounting and then come home and then, you know, work, you know, write a song or something. But 
No, I, it's just too you were miserable. And when you got home, you were too miserable to write. Exactly. So you were just exhausted because I just feel like accounting was one of those jobs where you use a lot of brain power, mm-hmm. right? Somewhat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Maybe I don't know. Accounting is just a lot of rules. People are growing up always were like, oh, accounting, so you're good at math. And I was like, yeah, but it's not actually as important as you think. <laughs> it's more, more I knowing I the rules. I did do an accounting class and for like this um, exam in the Caribbean called um, Caribbean Secondary Examinations. And it was, it was just, I don't want to say repetitive, but repetitive. It was just like they have systems and you mm-hmm. just do it over and over and over and the numbers change and just over and over. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know the appeal because in the Caribbean, a lot of people want to be a content, but I think it is just that affiliation that you work with money, you get money. And that was it. But the actual work didn't see the appeal. But yeah, and since me. we're on that, I, can I get like, your opinion of like accounting and like say TurboTax? Because I, I feel like, yeah, I kind of want to know like, uh, do you feel like TurboTax would kind of take away jobs from accounting? Well, like, that goes back automated. to people not knowing what they're doing with mm-hmm. taxes. Like, I personally use TurboTax myself. You heard it here. Accounting uses TurboTax, you guys. (laughs) Sponsor us TurboTax. So I personally use it myself. But for anybody else to go out and do it, they would have to kind of know what they're doing Mm. because, you know, it asks... Well, but what I will say about TurboTax... Well, how did we get on this? But what (laughs) what I will say about TurboTax is they do... They do pretty well, like, if you don't have an accounting background or anything or what a tax background, they ask you a lot of really great questions that are just like, oh, well, did you have this? Did you have this? And it's pretty user-friendly. Sponsor me, TurboTax. (laughs) So there we go. (laughs) As technologists, we advocate that technology is making our lives easier in the accounting world. I don't know. I don't don't think it'll ever take jobs away from accountants, though, because um, there is something different, too. When you go... And bring your stuff to an accountant and they know what to do and they know how to find where all your money went. That it's just like they can probably get people a lot more. But if they know what they're doing with TurboTax, then they should be okay. good. Okay. So we are doing this job. I don't want to say dead end job, but it sounds like it was dead end job. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I, I, I personally wanted like the day, like, did you wake up and you were just like, I quit? <laughs> um, I don't so from from that job you mean um I don't really remember like how I did it I think um okay so actually I think my interest had been waning for a really long time and work was actually starting to pile up like on my desk (laughs) and there was like a couple months there um and I think I was dying and I was ready to like leave and I actually I think I got let go Oh. Like they like they actually really really loved me for a while. I remember we had like a meeting about how great I was, and like <laughs> this is actually what happened. He was like, they were like, oh man, we're we're really ha- happy to have you here. They, all right, as far as like this was a business management firm. As far as business management firms go, they were actually really cool people, and I liked the boss. And I, and what I liked about him was that he actually had such great energy of like being young and like like he he knew how to have fun. Which was cool, but it wasn't for me. But like, so I yeah, he had like this meeting. Like one day he was just like, "What are you doing Monday at three o'clock?" And I was like, "I don't know, working at the desk." <laughs> can, you imagine, right? can you imagine his response? <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, "All right, great. Well, Monday three o'clock, meet me in the conference room." And I was like, "Why?" And then he holds up like an Oreo box and he goes, "You see this?" It's Oreo's 100th anniversary or 50th, whatever it was. He goes, it's Oreo's 100th birthday, so we have to celebrate. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> so, like, so, I, so I come into the office next, uh, the uh, conference room next Monday at 3 o'clock. And, and he, sure enough, he's there having an Oreo party, like eating Oreos and shit. And I was like, okay, cool. And he goes, so Chris, uh, yeah, we've been talking and... Everyone really likes having you here and really likes you being on the team and we're glad that you're... And I'm like, this is okay. what this meeting is for? <laughs> and then you're just like, was, but? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, it was like, he was like, yeah, that's all. And then even, <laughs> even one day, I was like working, I was doing stuff, but it was during the Olympics. And he was like, are you busy? 
And I was like, well, yeah, I'm Why doing does your work. boss keep asking you? This, this happened like a few times. He was cool though. It's like he's waiting for you to slip up and be like, no, I don't have anything to do. Yeah. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But, this, but this, was the, this was the great part. He goes, can I can I use the computer? And I was like, I guess. Like, isn't this your office? Like, this is all your stuff. <laughs> and he goes, okay, it's just because your computer is the only one with speakers and I'm trying to watch the Olympics. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, take it. I don't know. Um... But yeah, after after all of that, it was a fun time. But then they, they let me go because work was piling up after a while. So they must have been like, he was really great. We shouldn't have had the Oreo party. I don't know. The Oreo, <laughs> the Oreo party dropped his um dropped his his drive or or something like. Damn Oreo. Um, but yeah, that was it. And I I kind of took it as an opportunity because also, I remember the day that I got let go. It was um. December 12th, 2012, I think. Because it was oh, like, it was the end of the world. Right. Because it was uh, the night of the 12 12 12 concert, and like Paul McCartney and, and um, the Foo Fighters were playing at Madison Square Garden. So I promptly left my office uh, and went over to Madison Square Garden, even though I didn't have any tickets or anything. And I just like, just waited there by the artist's entrance and just, I think being around all these who i really want to see was paul mccartney and dave Grohl. i didn't get to see them but i saw like <laughs> i saw other artists that were performing that night and i was just like yeah this is it i want to continue doing this and i was like and i don't know it's probably not related or maybe it is but you know getting let go on the same day as that concert I don't know. I was just like, yeah, I have to continue. It music. does feel like one of those, like the universe is it's speaking to you. me stories. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and it was just, and it was just, you know, be, I was like, you know, I would love to play the 12, 12, 12. I don't know if they they can't have that again, I guess. But like, but <laughs> yeah, I was like, be like I over like, hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, technology is changing things. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'll but. play with a robotronic body. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your next step? With in, in pursuing this passion, I mean, after of course you mm. went home and cried, you know, and everything. Oh well, at first I was really confused. I was like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, I hung around a little bit. I got a job that was less intense, so I could have time to like. Well, it just gave me more time because my next step was like, all right, I'm just gonna hit music a hundred percent. I wasn't even thinking about acting at the time, because at the time, honestly, I thought it was too old to be an actor, which is really funny because like I'm. <laughs> I know I was like. 20 or 21 and I was like I'm too old <laughs> no, one, no one wants me and then you have glee actors who are 30 playing 15 year olds I know like, yeah, yeah. Oh it's 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 really great um and Morgan Freeman I think he started old yeah 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 <laughs> he, he's always been old he's, like, he's yeah. never been young that's like. his brand <laughs> <laughs> old guy with a great voice Morgan Freeman everyone's like yeah um but that my mindset was so different it's changed so much like this is literally a lifetime ago um i so i i don't know i just hit music as hard as i can as hard as i could whatever that meant so i just went into like writing songs and releasing songs and then but that was the problem again i didn't have a mentor musically or anyone that was successful that i could you know look up to and feed off of that energy or anything so all i did was really just pressure myself until music wasn't fun anymore and if you're doing an art and you're not having fun Is then you really art you literally lost the point of doing that art <laughs> yeah. like you can't you can't do that so i mean it, it it died eventually you know i i did so much pressuring myself like my first ep I did, I literally recorded one song a day, which was all guitar, bass, drums, vocals, all in one day. Cause I was like, I spent a lot of money Wait, on that by EP. By yourself? Like you did all the. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. I did all of that. And I, I spent a lot of money on the studio time. But that was the thing was I was, again, pressured to finish all these things in one day, like do a song a day. Cause I was like, I can't buy more studio time. <laughs> like, you know, um, so I, you know, I did that and then I was trying to get myself to play two shows a month and I was like blah 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 people need to see me all the time and like and then you know now that I see my friends that are successful musicians they play out like twice a year and I'm like and and they play out and they have big I remember um I saw I saw my friends in the, in this band I don't know if I ever told them this so this might be weird but my friend my friends in the band Quantum Split um I remember I came out to a show and they were like oh we're having this show at at Irving Plaza and I was like oh shit Irving Plaza okay cool so I go 
And of course, there's like five other bands on the bill. So I assume like, well, you know, there's a shit ton of people here, but, you know, they're all from all these different bands. They were the headliners. They played last. And the entire Irving Plaza was like, quantum split, quantum split. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh sh- they're all here for them. I was like, I was like oh. Damn. Damn. I was like, I don't they even... They made it. I, was, like, I, I don't even know if they know I'm here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like, okay, and... Listen, get that autograph quick. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I, I took pictures with all of them immediately. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I was like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome! <laughs> like, click, click, click. Just I gonna love take it. this picture. So, <laughs> I, so, I like that you talked about mentors, because I know we... we touch on that in other podcasts talking about how to fix different issues yeah and it basically like what does a mentor do i think i mean first thing that comes off my head is they kind of tell you the process Mm. because like you're saying you were just producing or you were just throwing things out there but you weren't doing the most efficient or optimal process to advance your career absolutely yeah and like my question is how would you end up finding a mentor because like for us usually it's like the senior person in our company like would ask them for help how does like someone who's a creative artist find a mentor like that um it's really really similar uh there's two parts to the question i feel so yeah the first part is yeah your mentor really is someone that's been there and is where you want to be or has passed where you want to be and they can really just tell you you know what it is and what it isn't And, you know, not that you're supposed to follow their path exactly, but every artist's path is completely different. Like, even when people reach out to me and they're like, well, what do I do? I'm like, well, I can tell you what I did. And then, you know, go and be free from there. I don't know. (laughs) So so your mentor is really there to just kind of be like, yeah, this is okay. This is not all right. Um, They give you advice on what you're doing because, you know, especially leading an artistic life, you feel really crazy all the time. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of good to hear that you're not. <laughs> yeah, like there's <laughs> you know, someone else who's yeah. a little crazier than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, everyone is really crazy at the end of it, but that's just what it is. Okay. Um, then going to how do you find one? Well, it really goes to um, finding your people. Um, and you can find them anywhere, really. For me, acting-wise, I found my mentors at the studio that I train at, uh, the Susan Batson Studio on 43rd and 8th. Um, so, you know, when I found, when I started going there, when I first went there, I thought it was going to be like what I saw on TV where everyone's really snobby, like, oh, what have you trained before? Like, you know, <laughs> like, what have you done? Oh, he doesn't I like, I love know the voice. <laughs> that, that's what I, that's what I assume they sound like. I don't know why, but, <laughs> but, uh, but then I got there and everyone was actually really cool. Everyone was really supportive. Everyone was like, oh, I loved how you did this. Oh, or, oh, you're really good at that. And then, you know, the people there, well, Susan Batson herself and Carl Ford, they're amazing figures in the industry and the acting world to look up to. So I was really grateful to find them because <laughs> it's funny with uh, Carl in particular, uh, when I first started coming to him with like help, I used to be, uh, he helped me realize that I was making everything sound like it was an issue. So I remember one of the early times I came up to him and I was like, hey, Carl, so like, uh, so I randomly got this audition and then he would say it back to me in the same voice, but I even didn't pick up on it back then. He would be like, you have an audition. Oh my God, that's, that's horrible. It's like, (laughs) it's like you're an actor or something. And I didn't, and I didn't even realize what he was doing. And I was like, yeah, I know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and, he, and, and then it took me it took me like a few years before I realized what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. like, and then you went up to yeah. him like, wait a minute. I was like, uh, <laughs> wait, you are making fun of my tone. Sorry. Um so and yeah, how was that experience? Like um like the whole acting classes and um like what did you get from that or like any crazy stories? Yeah, I'm assuming that's like you got fired then you did your intermediate job, you said mm. just to get time and then you dropped music and then you started the studio? Yeah, so when I actually went into acting because I thought I was like too old to be an actor, actually, maybe I should or shouldn't say this or whatever. <laughs> I, I actually started in background. <laughs> like an extra? Yeah. Um, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but uh, but I I did because I was just like I was just like I'm, it's too late for me to be an actor. Let me just mm-hmm. go see what a movie set looks like, and that was that was interesting. Background is a whole world. It's another thing, and it's so funny because every time 
you meet up with a group of background actors, they always want to make a short about what the background world is like. And then now, as a result, there's like a bunch of them. And I know a lot of my friends that have made shorts about what the background world is like. And I was like, this idea is not that original, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, so so that was interesting at first. But kind of being around that energy, uh, you're you know. The people in the background, it ranges. Like some of them are really serious actors. Some of them are like serious background actors. Like some of them are like professional background actors. And you're like, <laughs> it's like I am going to walk. Oh, you have no idea. You. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have no idea. The greatest but, um, ride. <laughs> um, but then, uh, but then I don't know. Someday I was like, you know what? I actually can, I can do this for you. Oh, so you know what it was? So I actually got casted in my first indie feature film. Uh, which is called The Things We Do When We're Alone. It's on Seed and Spark. Um, and uh, that was the first movie I ever did. And it was after doing that, I was like, you know, I think I should take some acting classes. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and then I ran into an old family friend on the set of some show. And everyone kind of knows him, like in the Filipino family circles as, um, oh yeah, he's pursuing acting. Um, talk to him. So I, I ended up running into him on set, and he he was about to quit, and I think he did quit at this rate. But um, he said if he were to start acting all over again, he would go to the Susan Batson studio. So that's how I heard of that studio, and I went there. I did one class, fell in love with it, and then <laughs> four years later, <laughs> I my my original plan I was like, I'm just gonna get sort of better. I'm just gonna like come here for a few months and be a little bit of a better actor and then like I'll bounce and then have my career from there. Four years later I ended up being like 10 times more committed to it and becoming way better an actor than I ever thought I could be. Um, and uh, yeah. 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 And you thought you were just going to become a Brad Pitt in two months, but that's not how this oh, works. Oh, no, I was not. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do like some cheesy TV show and at least I'm oh, working. Gosh. Like, <laughs> Kind of like Glee. We're going to call you out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now, <laughs> now I think I'm going to be. Yeah. Now, now, now I'm going to be up there. But oh. I, I didn't think I didn't think that before. So. Oh my gosh! If you ever meet Johnny Depp on your journey, do shout out. But you know, you, we want your autograph before this. <laughs> but speaking about Filipino families and like circles, mm. how did your family take it when you decided to like switch gear into music, music and like acting? Um, I'm not sure. It was mixed. No, maybe I'm sure. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it was fun. I think there's the whole Asian American aspect to it that anyway, I don't even think it's just Filipino American. I think it's a whole Asian American thing. Uh, but it was one of those things that, I don't know, the way that I think about this has evolved so much. I think my mom, she's just looking out for me and she just wants the best, but she doesn't say things that are nurturing for an artist. <laughs> so, But I get it. Like, I get it. You know, she's like, well, when you have kids, you'll understand. I'm like, Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But because um, I meet other artists and and they're like, oh, yeah, well, my, my family is very supportive. I'm like, what's that like? <laughs> what's that like to have family Must that's on be nice. board? Yeah, I don't know. Can't relate. <laughs> um, but uh, she just wants to know that I'm OK. That's why um, I kind of talked about this before uh, we started the podcast that uh, my mom follows me on Instagram. And then, you know, she sees things that I'm doing, like she sees plays and films that I'm producing and stuff. And she's like, you're doing all right. <laughs> Thought you would be starving and dying <laughs> and homeless. But no, you, you, she's like, you live in the place and you're doing. She's like, OK, look at you. You're still alive. Oh, yeah, it, it took a while for that. And I, I think the difference really was when I moved out, because now, like, I'm not home and, you know, she doesn't see what I do, but she sees what I do like you know mm. um so it looks like I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff social media is uh, is an image guys um but uh, um but my dad was always I think he was somewhat more supportive I think but the only reason is because he was a musician in the Philippines uh so he was he was a singer in a band and they were pretty big in the Philippines at the time uh they used to do like they used to be support bands for uh really big bands that used to come there like uh uh the four seasons and commodores and stuff like that so when they did their asia tours uh my dad's band would be support on their on their shows and stuff and then 
you know, my grandma did kind of the same thing that my mom did. She would be like, well, what do you do when there's no tours? Like, how are you going to make money? So my dad so got like scared. It's a vicious generational cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I don't feel like I'd be the same way towards my kids, but whatever. Like, you know. <laughs> um, Good. Break the cycle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that so that's it. I mean. So I think it, there's, some, there's something you have to prove yourself a little bit, it seems. You know, it's like the start off is some hesitation, but. They'll get around to it. Around. Yeah. Yeah. But you just gotta you just gotta keep working at it, like to yeah. keep showing them progress and results. Well, I always think if you want to do something and if you really want to do something, don't let things like family or money get in your way. I mean, they're important. I wouldn't do anything that's disrespectful towards your family, but don't let them stop you. Is my thing. Like you know, I have actually uh, a really quick question. Uh, what was your like your first acting job or like role? How was that? Um, you mean uh. The, the film that I brought up earlier, I mean, I guess technically mm-hmm. that was my first acting. That was very, very interesting because so I had emailed them and uh, I, I had wanted to be a part of the production and I didn't hear anything. So I thought I wasn't on it. So I was actually doing background on <laughs> on Madam Secretary one day, um, which that's so cool. Which, by the way, that show, like, if you're Asian, you play every type of Asian in the background of that show. You just see the same people all the time. But that's besides the point. So um, I was actually on that set. And uh, if they hear this, I don't care. But basically, um, I got an email while I was in holding that morning from the production company that was doing that film. And they were like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but we wanted to book you in this role. If you want it, you have to show up today like 11 or something like that or or something ridiculous and i was like sitting there at the holding of madam secretary like oh shit and they had sent me this <laughs> this script and everything so i'm sitting talking to my friends i'm like i gotta bounce like i can't i can't be here i got i gotta go do this and everyone was in agreement they're like why are you sitting in background when you should be you know doing a supporting role in the film i was like yeah yeah i, got, I gotta i gotta leave so i actually went up to people in production made up this ridiculous excuse where I was like, uh, oh man, my sister's sick and she's not feeling well in school and my parents are both at work and no one, no one can come get her. Like I have to go get her. And, and it was this big thing because they had to like, see if they could like, let me go and talk to a bunch of people about it because the world of background is really weird. But, um, so, uh, and then it was funny cause I had my other friends who were doing background. She was like, over by me every time like someone from production walked by she was acting like she was consoling me she would be like oh she, i'm sure she's fine i'm sure she'll be okay <laughs> like, it's a ride or die friend right there she yeah. was she's she really great yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was it was hilarious because sometimes i didn't know what she was doing and i was like oh right i was like <laughs> <laughs> i could just be like and see yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny and i was like okay yeah eventually they did let me go and i didn't i didn't care about the thing anymore i was like yeah just let me go but i i totally forgot that they um still signed me out to get paid still and i was like oh you get that money i was like i was like i wasn't even thinking about that i was just trying to leave and like and that was it so i i bounced from that set went on to the set of this um and it was such a really great experience for me because you know being in background you watch the leads and the principals and how they treat them and then to literally go from that uh, to being a principal that same day, I was like, oh, this is nice. Like, everyone was like, yeah, this is your mark. This is where you do things. These are your actions and whatever. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Did you actually yes. get to see Taya Leone like, of Madam Secretary? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, Who did she play again? She was the main character? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, see, that's the thing. You start, you start doing that and you start... No, yeah, actually, I did. We were doing some... I don't know, some scene in like, <laughs> yeah, I think I, she like, I don't remember what we were doing, but I think it was like one of those like government, like a, like a panic room scenes uh, kind of thing. So yeah, she was there she was with there. her coffee. And then I remember like she left her like actor coffee on the set and we were like, what do I do with this? Like, you know, <laughs> this is not part of the scene right now. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, she was, yeah, she was there. Yeah. Damn, that's pretty cool. Um, but also on top of that, 
um, when you were finding these these roles, did you like have an agent that helped you find these roles, or were you more like mm. cold calling mm. things like that? Uh, yeah, it's really hard. Um, I'm even just getting into my representation now. Oh. Um, so uh, it takes a really long time to get reps. Actually, uh, you do a lot on your own for actors that are out there. Uh, you can't can't rely on representation to get you jobs. You need to work anyway. And then, and then there's nothing more attractive to, and I mean, agents and managers at the end of the day, um, they need to make money. Like everyone needs to eat at the end of the day. So, you know, that's not a bad thing, but you know, they get more, they'll give more attention to people who are working already. Like, you know, if you can find a good flow working, um, then, you know, then that's the person that they want to so sign. It's not a matter of you hunting for them. It's mm -hmm. like they're seeking you out because you're doing your thing. Exactly, yeah. And then it's the same thing. Even when you have representation, you still have to find your own jobs Like because you know your managers, your agents, they work for you. A lot of people think it's like the other way around or something, but they, they work for you. The business and the enterprise is you as an artist, whatever your art may be. Um, so you you are the business and they're on your team. That's actually so. a really enlightening thing. I, mm -hmm. I, I've always saw like the former, like what you said. Like Yeah. Especially since they, a lot of them are like agent corporations, so you think like they're the ones they have more power. Yeah. No, they have the connections and that's what they're bringing to you, to your business. And it's like, you know, think about it. They only get like fifteen percent of the uh, of the check that you get at the end of the day. So they only need to be doing fifteen percent of the work. You have to do the other 85. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like, what were some like hardships of like acting or like getting into acting and how did you handle them? <laughs> it's very, that's so very, many, very right? wide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a very, very wide question. I mean, wow. What, what topic do you want to hit? You want to talk about being insecure first or like, oh, you know, like oh. uh, there's artist insecurity that doesn't really go away. Um, you just, you just kind of have to learn how to like live with it. And, you know, same way the artist's insecurity belongs to you. It's yours. It's not there to bother you, but it's for you to use really. Um, cause it just, people think it like goes away at some point, but actually the more you advance and the better you do, you're like, oh my God, can I do that again? Like, <laughs> like you actually just get more insecure. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but you get better at handling it as you go, go on. Yeah. It's just like, it becomes like a friend. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we've never experienced like, you know, being rejected like through acting because we're not actors, but we've had experience like, say like CS interviews, things like that. They're meant to kill us. <laughs> you know, like we always come out traumatized, not knowing our names. Wow. And yeah, yeah. Like, I blame Google. Google for this you know like they right. have set the bar so high for like developers nowadays that we you need to bring in your a game and sometimes it's not even enough mm. uh, so i feel crazy. like well that's yeah, that yeah. goes that goes for acting as well yeah. um you i mean i won't even say it just goes for acting i think it goes for any profession mm -hmm. uh you always have to bring your a game but then everyone's on their a game so it's really like why is your a game different than this person yeah. you know and also i feel like when you go into like an audition, right? I feel like some casting directors already have a preconceived notion of what they want, and some auditions, like for just like say an open casting call, is just a formality at that point. Do you feel that way, or yes and no? Um, yes and no, because there's a lot that goes into casting. Uh, as far as the formality, a lot of the times there is a required amount of people that they need to see for an audition. Okay. So they do have to submit a list of like, you know, let's say the, the required amount is like 75 people. So they have to submit a list of 70. They're like, we saw these 75 people, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then sometimes they do have an idea of what they want. Um, but if they have an idea of what they want, it's really hard to find it, to find somebody that looks the way and plays the part the way that you need them to play the part um so sometimes it's really hard to find that but um other times and more times than most they don't know what they want mm. um so that's so that's that's the other thing so you just gotta be lucky you just mm -hmm. gotta nail it and, mm -hmm. and you show yeah. them i i have another question um let's say there's a specific role where they want a specific look or like a ethnic background does that deter you from applying to that like for example in Grey's anatomy sandra o's character um blanking on her name her casting call was a a blonde white woman but then sandra did so well that they ended up 
recasting and choosing a Korean American. Is that something that doesn't stop you? And do you still go for that role? Uh, it really depends. It really depends on uh, being smart with your submissions. Uh, you don't want to just submit to everything. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times they don't know what they're looking for or they have an idea. If it's something like that, I mean, if it was a role like that, um, I don't know what she did or anything in particular, but if something uh, uh, came across me that way and it was a role that I felt like I could really play and I could really do, you know, and, it, and it's a show like that, I would reach out to my representation or, you know, if I happened to meet anyone that worked on the production, I would see if I could find a way to audition for it somehow. If I really felt that connected to it. But then there's so many projects and so many things happening right now that sometimes if it's if it if it sounds like they know what they're looking for for the role and it's not like I'm not particularly that invested in it, then I'm just not gonna submit. Because the other thing is you just don't want you know, you don't want people to think you're dumb. Like, like why did he submit to something that he doesn't look like? Like, you know, uh, but it depends, right? Like, if you know the people in the production, um, if you if you know what's happening, you know what I like. I like this character. I gave a I gave a read to the sides. Let me, you know, let me give a read, and you know, if you like it, you know, whatever. So you could okay. you could do it that way. I just feel you just should be smart with your submissions because there's a gotcha. lot of projects happening. If also, you feel married to the character. You know? mm -hmm. And also, do you like use backstage to uh, find these roles? Like I heard mm -hmm. from like some actor friends that it's kind of pricey, but it's like worth an investment. Do you have oh, yeah. any other uh, things similar to that that you help to find your roles? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, for those of you that don't know um, or for anyone that doesn't isn't in this business, uh, backstage is one of the several websites that you use uh, for casting um, and it helps you find a lot of jobs when you're unrepresented um yeah there's there's several sites like that uh including actors access and uh, casting networks is now where fox moved all their projects to um it is very important to be on all these sites because you know your representation is typically also using the same sites uh reps are usually using like actors access and um even casting networks as well. And then you actually, when you have reps, you tend to link all your reps to these things. So they see like who you're repped by. And so your reps can submit you to projects like that. Um, I definitely use it. I think when you're starting out and especially if you don't have reps, I think you have to have to be on these sites. There's a lot of good projects. There's a lot of projects that could be like crap but like <laughs> but it really just takes experience to weed those out and figuring out so usually when i see a project um i'll look into it maybe i'll see you know you a lot of these people are googleable like you know like uh, they're not quiet about the work they do so if you look at the production company or any of the people that are on can google any one of their names and see like stuff that they had done in the past and then you look at it and you're like okay this person looks like they know what they're doing um again it goes with being smart with what you're submitting to Okay. So technology coming through in the acting world, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Get the rep. And also, since we're kind of near wrapping up, um, one last final question. What are some projects that you're working on or like what is the future looking for you? Uh, so it's the future is looking very, very great. Um, it is actually. Um, I am, well, short term, I am in a short play festival next week. Uh, so I'm going to be in um, the Take 10 Festival, which takes place at the workshop theater thank you for the invite yeah uh, i it's <laughs> happening right now you are, <laughs> you are invited um so yeah i have i have information on that i'm also currently producing the short film homebound that is a lot of fun i actually originally auditioned for this project and then i ended up becoming a producer on it so that's cool so that that is going to take up a lot of my time for like the next month or so what else am i doing i am currently I don't know. I'm also just writing new projects and producing new stuff. And I think a lot for me right now, what I'm really looking forward to doing this year is I'm adding to my reel because not acting wise, but I'm really adding to my skill set. So I'm really excited about that because now I'm like, okay, I can act. Like I know that I can act now, but I'm doing things like learning Period. martial arts. There's no, there's no doubt about it. You're yeah. like, I did I, am. did I doubt? What did I say? No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, oh, I just, I I'm thought, just clarifying. <laughs> I'm oh, like, I just I, like, I like how you said it. It's so like I'm, casually like, so if you didn't know, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, so I've been, 
artist self doubt doesn't go away. So I was like, is he is he here? Like, <laughs> let me know. Let me know what he said. No, I was like, um, it is what it is. Period. Um, I'm the actor. Boom. Yeah. So you know, but also then, martial arts. Okay, I've heard that. Yeah. So well, I, yeah, I had I had a I started the year with um with my first series regular audition for for a show. And I'm not going to say anything, but like, because I can't, but, <laughs> but I, but I, I had my first, I didn't, I didn't book it, but it really set the pace for the year. I was like, okay, all right. We're, I was like, we're in here. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, we're yeah. doing it. Um, So I was really excited about that. But then it, you know, again, everyone brings their A game. So, okay, you're a great actor, but what makes you different? You know, what's your brand? So I'm learning things. I know, I know that I'm Asian American. So using that as a tool, I'm learning different languages. I'm like two months into learning Chinese right now. Um, so a lot of this year is growth and development for me. That is beautiful. Yeah, We got it right from the start when you guys met in high school. Oh, still such a beautiful story. And Pick up your parents <laughs> every day. Jesus. <laughs> and then we got the progression to college and the struggles of doing a job and a, well, a major that you absolutely hated. Then doing a job that you absolutely hated. <laughs> and now we have a big honcho. In the, in the TV world, and I saw him here. So when you get those movie premieres in New York City, Rockefeller Center, you know, I'm, I'm in New Literally, York. Really? You just did a TLDR right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a human TLDR. I'm just saying, like, hit me up. Hit me up. You know, and also, you know, I try to, I do a little acting here and there, you know, oh, okay. in front of the mirror. <laughs> we'll see. You'll support me, Daryl? Hell no. <laughs> like, well, real talent. I'm going to support Chris gosh. and everything that he does. Oh, Get on his level, Ariza. Uh, oh, I can but, wish. Yes, thank you so much for being here. You can thank follow you. Chris on Facebook, Twitter. Mm-hmm. His full name is Chris Paul Morales. Mm-hmm. We will definitely include it. all the links in the description. Include us, Chris. And then remember <laughs> us before you get like Oscar-worthy. And also, the whole Asian-American thing... It's so in right now. Crazy Rich Asians. It is, yeah. I expect to see you in the sequel. <laughs> maybe the third one. Because <laughs> I think they're filming the sequel already. So maybe the third one. Okay. I'll we'll see you in the, the third, third one, one then. Yeah. And I think the hashtag of today should really touch, touch and resemble everything that this is. And you know what? I liked what you said there. It's like... Don't let money or family stop you from your dreams. We normally have like a really like jokey, you know, kind of like a little sometimes a little ratchet hashtag. But this time we're gonna make it sentimental. <laughs> we're gonna make it sentimental. Yeah, so let's put some cheese in that corn. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. Thank, thank you, you Daryl. It was also nice having you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Arise. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs>